Hey there, skips and skipperettes from all across the vast electronic wasteland known only as Internet Land. And welcome back to Tales from the Jungle Cruise. Well, Happy New Year, everyone. Boy, how has another year gone by so fast? You know, it just seems like last year we were making excuses about not putting up new episodes this time of year. Oh, memories. Well, we had the best of intentions this year, but uh, between long working weeks and I was down for the count with laryngitis for uh, about 10 days, so that didn't help at all. But now we're back and we've got a lot of great content lined up for you. We've actually got three or four episodes in the can right now, so we're good all the way through March. Hey, now one fun announcement that we can make is that the Skipper Cantina in Orlando is open. Uh, For those of you who haven't heard about the Cantina, it's basically a restaurant themed in the same world as the Jungle Cruise. Uh, For example, the owner is Alberta Falls, the doctor of uh, Albert Falls. Little things like that. The rooms are meticulously themed. There's amazing little touches and art everywhere. And supposedly, if you look at the walls in the uh, Society for Explorers and Adventurers room, there's even some cool hidden items. You know, actually, there's secrets and Easter eggs all throughout the cantina that are yet to be discovered. We even have a few uh, menu items that seem suspiciously Tales from the Jungle Cruise themed. You know, all in all, we are hearing nothing but rave reviews from people about their experiences at the Skipper Cantina, and we love the idea. You know, maybe with the House of Blues uh, vacating the downtown Disney area, maybe something new will spring up there. You know, I'm just saying, that's a building that would be made to house a new West Coast version of the Adventurers Club. Let's do one of those letter-writing campaigns. You know, uh, also, other holiday news, uh, other New Year's news. Finally, our Kickstarter is done. All of our decks have shipped. They are in the hands of the backers of the projects. And uh, so far, we've only found a couple, one or two typos in the rule book. That's fairly good. Uh, You know, other than a few small things like that, we're really happy with how the game turned out. We've gotten great feedback from people about their first experiences playing it. On top of that, uh, we got nearly all the decks into people's hands by the day after Christmas. Uh, when it comes to making deadlines, that's that's pretty good for a skipper. You know, we continue to be thrilled at the support and the way that everyone showed up for the product. We did our first Kickstarter for a couple of reasons. Uh, one was we had a great idea for a game. That's always important to have a good concept to work with. But also we wanted to do something fairly low risk so we could understand the challenges of the Kickstarter process. The funding, printing, design, marketing, and and how to run a successful campaign. I really got a huge education, but it was a lot of fun. So that's why I am excited today to announce that we are officially developing Phase 2 of the Jungle Cruise game series. Tales from the Jungle Cruise The Game. Now, we've lined up an amazing artist, and we have an even better and more developed game in testing. The game's actually going to feature a lot of the favorite characters from the Tales from the Jungle Cruise radio plays, and we'll have more storytelling elements that you'll recognize as being very much pulled from the jungle. So we're hoping to have everything ready to do a Kickstarter next summer. So now on to this episode. Uh, We go back to Disney, uh, Disney World, Walt Disney World, to meet skipper Rob Foray. Rob was a college program student in Orlando back in the early aughts, and we get a chance to talk about his experiences at the Magic Kingdom uh, and the college program and his time on the river. Now, Disneyland's Jungle Cruise may be closed for a few months, but these Jungle Cruise never are. Keep checking back in with us for lots of new content. So uh, here we go, Season 5, Episode 12, as we present Skipper Rob Foray in an episode we like to call The Weather Report. Kungaloosh, everyone!
You know, it's always funny. I never know what the right way to do an introduction is. And it's funny, after five years, you would think I have this worked out. But we'll just roll right into it as I've uh, become accustomed to. Uh, okay. Skipper Rob Foray is our guest on Tales from the Jungle Cruise today, coming to us from the uh, – are you uh, bright and sunny today in Utah or are you wet and dreary? Uh, we are overcast, so not very dreary. But uh, here we – it's uh, January – what happens in here in Salt Lake City is we get a thing called inversion, and uh, it happens when uh, looks. It, it's, it's, when it, it's when you have one dream in, in, inside of another dream inside of another dream. That's Inception. Oh damn it! I, I get those yeah. mixed up all the time. Inversion's kind of like that. It's like one climate inside of another climate, mm-hmm. which is kind of interesting because of the valley. It traps the the cold underneath, and then the smog and the air just stays stagnant above it. Uh-huh. And so if you rise above it, we have a different climate, huh. which is really interesting. It only happens in the Salt Lake Valley, and there's another valley that it happens in, huh. and it happens during the winter. So uh, it's gotten worse and worse. <laughs> well, the the more you know. We've, we've yes. learned something today. Exactly. G.I. Joe. Uh, we, we are getting pounded by rain. I'm looking outside my window and seeing gushing uh, – rain coming off the roof so we are thrilled that we're getting rain and uh landslides you know, landslides uh snow i mean it's it's just going to be a brutal week for us they're saying six or seven inches so great so rob let's uh let's chat apparently this is the weather forecast uh tales oh, yes. from the jungle cruise brand new format we are talking only weather we thought that would be a good change for 2016 yes uh, and uh thank you for joining us and yeah. uh bye uh, so obviously, uh, the, the sense of humor may belay the fact that you were at one point a Jungle Cruise skipper. Yes. Uh, let's chat. You were, uh, 04 to 06, right in that ballpark? Yes, that is correct. See, and that was interesting to me because I was working at the Jungle Cruise between 04 and 06, but I, I never saw you there, so I have to assume you were working at a different one. Yes, I worked at the Walt Disney World Jungle Cruise. See, they're, they're very different, so I yes. get confused on a regular basis. So what, um, uh, when you started with that, what, what brought you to work for the Disney company? Uh, did you have any prior experience in theme parks, or uh, was it just a childhood no. dream of yours? Or No, so I graduated from college in 2003, and uh, I was kind of flailing along trying to figure out where I was going to head. I, wanted, I graduated in broadcast communications, mm-hmm. so... I wanted to go into television, but I figured out news was not for me. I'm not a news guy. I don't like covering murders and deaths. It's not a lot of fun. And so um, I was trying to figure out my path. Um, I didn't. I took. I had an internship in the middle of college, but not right after college. And so I looked into the college program. And so I was. The window was still open for me to take it. So I thought this would be a perfect opportunity to go seek my fame and fortune for the. Yeah. Or Walt Disney World, we could say. Uh-huh. So what so, was – so, uh, you know, college program is one of those things that we haven't talked as much about. Yes. Uh, we're going to have someone on in a couple of weeks who was a more recent college program. But, you know, for the people who maybe know Disneyland and, you know, the park there, it's a very different animal um, because of college program. Can you just like, – a two-minute summary of what, what it's like for the college program and, you know, kind of what the concept is? Yes, so uh, there are two different types of college program experiences. There's the college program, and then there's the uh, professional internship. Now, the college program is basically, let's get college students to work on the front lines for minimum wage. Mm -hmm. And that's basically what it is. But it's a fun experience. Now, don't get me wrong there, but if you're looking for an educational kind of professional 
track, it's not really like that. They do have educational classes that you can take with your college program. Um, they have, this is when I was there, they had about three different college programs. They had one in this, they called maybe spring, I believe. So that would run from January to about May, I believe. And then they had spring or summer. So that was basically, you know, May to August and then summer advantage, I think they called it. And that went from May until Christmas. Hmm. They didn't just, they didn't have a fall one. They only had the three options. And I always tell people the best one to to take is spring because you don't work during the holidays. The only holiday that you really work is during spring break, which is two weeks of hell. But you, it's a small internship, and, you, and you're not there during the summer. You're not there over the holidays. It's a great time to be there. Mm-hmm. Uh, the parks are a little less crowded. And so I did that. The professional internship really – is what I was looking for, but I didn't realize that was an option. My recruiter did not give me that as an option. Mm-hmm. So I really blame my recruiter to, for where, where I started at because I really wanted to do a professional internship that involved my degree. Mm-hmm. So I started the college program. I packed up my car. I drove all the way across from the United States from Salt Lake City to Orlando, Florida. This was in January of 2004. Mm-hmm. And I arrived, and I started the college program, and my assignment was the parking lot of MGM Studios, which is now Hollywood Studios. Mm-hmm. And that was kind of discouraging, to, having a college degree being placed in operations in a parking lot. And so, and, uh, and, was, that, and was that common? Did, did you see a lot of people around you who were in the same boat, or were they people who were taking breaks in the middle of their degrees? I would say the majority of them were in the middle. Mm-hmm. So a lot of them were either sophomores, juniors, freshmen, whatever. Um, and they, they go out there in the middle, not with a college degree. And so um, there was a, a branch from my faith out there, and a lot of them were out there. So, you know, I'm Mormon, and there's a lot of Mormon kids coming from BYU out there. Mm-hmm. And I met a lot of them who are in the professional internship. I'm like, geez, you guys got it better. You guys had a better recruiter. Mm-hmm. But Disney loves to recruit at BYU because they love those students because they don't drink, mm-hmm. they don't party, they show up. And a lot of them, they do a lot of uh, character face entertainment auditions at BYU. Mm-hmm. And so a lot of those students were there too. So I had a lot of friends who were part of my faith that I would uh, go to the parks with. Mm-hmm. But so once I started, I was in the parking lot. And, you know, I've made the most out of it. And I remember, you know, we we went to the parks all the time. And one night we went on the Jungle Cruise. And I fairly, you know, remember that ride. I'm like, yeah, Jungle Cruise, whatever. I go on this ride and there's a college program student doing the ride, deadpanned, doing all the, you know, same jokes that everybody else does, but I got a kick out of it. I was laughing so hard throughout the entire thing. I think I was the only one who was really laughing because I appreciated that type of humor. And the entire time I'm watching him steer the boat, not really steering the boat, and I'm like, how does he do this? How does he? I was just fascinated by it. It was weird. And so after that experience, I was like, that's where I need to be. That's my calling in life. I need to be a Jungle Cruise skipper. Because as a kid, I didn't go on that ride going, this is what I need to do when I was in the college program. Mm-hmm. 
And so I made lemons out of lemonade. Wait, I made lemonade out of lemons. No, making lemons out of lemonade is much more difficult, as I've said many times on the show. It's, it's a challenging trick. It is. It is. And so what I did was I turned if – you're, if you're not familiar with parking, we have a couple of different duties. One of them is directing cars as to where to park. Mm-hmm. One of them is driving the tram. And the other one is spieling on the back of the tram. Mm-hmm. So which uh, job do you think I like the most? Well, of course. I mean, you know, put, put a microphone in the communication student's hands and you exactly. know, amazing things will happen. And plus, when it came to driving those things, you really had to drive them, unlike the Jungle Cruise. Mm-hmm. So I love spieling, and that was like my favorite thing to do. And I basically turned that ride from the parking lot to MGM Studios like mm-hmm. a Jungle Cruise ride. I basically made up different things. I, I would point out different bushes. I'd point out signs. I'd point out the turn when we'd go around the turn because we had a sharp turn. And I'd tell everybody to hold on tight, and I had some fun with it. I even made some songs. You know, there was this turn that we had. I said, the wonderful thing about turns. And I, I did the whole song from Tigger, you know, uh, the wonderful thing about Tigger. Uh, I forget how that song goes. Um, I wish I had my notes with me. But I made a whole song to that tune of The Wonderful Thing About Tiggers, and I did it with the turns. Mm-hmm. And so I just had a lot of fun with it. And, um, and there, one, of, one of the most satisfying moments of my career at, during the driving, not driving, but spieling at MGM Studios is uh, one night we were doing, we call it the Phantasmic Dump. Because Phantasmic, at Walt Disney World, is at MGM Studios. Mm-hmm. And so they do two shows. I believe there was one, it depends on the evening, but like one at nine and one at 11. And so as soon as that show is over, everybody's jumping onto the trams and we're taking them back to their cars. And we're just constantly go, 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 go. So during the Fantasmic Dump, I, I did my whole spiel as we start up the, the, the um, what do we call them? There weren't trams. We'll call it the tram for now. From, from, the entrance to the parking lot, I, I started at like a train and I did the Casey Jones song dun, 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 from Dumbo. Mm-hmm. And then I would point out things, I'd make jokes, and I did all these spieling things. And this guy comes up to me afterwards. And a lot of skippers know this you're probably not supposed to take tips, but I took a tip that day. Mm-hmm. And he said to me, he's like, that just made my experience that much better you ended our day perfectly and gave me a 20 dollar tip and i was just so ecstatic i felt validated at that point so as far as um you know not the money part of it but as far as the the improvising uh what was the the reaction from the leads and managers at that point because i know it's something that in in anaheim yeah uh, there might have been some leeway in the late 90s but in in the, the the 2000s it really was cut down on yeah. Uh, to, to the point where it was just, you know, it's, it did, doesn't exist anymore. Uh, I mean, what was the re- response you got from people who were, who were working the ride with you? You know, well, that wasn't a ride and it was an operation. Well, right? uh, you know what I mean. I mean, who taking, <laughs> exactly. the, taking the, no, you know what, technically though, the, the trams are an attraction and that's, yeah. you know, uh, which I think that's why they get, I think it's the same union for tram, tram yes, people. Yes, it is. But, uh, but you know, it, it's uh, you know, it's still oh, an attraction. It's the first one that you get on, and the last one you get off. So exactly, yeah. And it actually is when I applied for the, when I got the job. It said I worked in operations and attractions, and so mm-hmm. when I saw attractions, I got really excited. But 
it was the tram. And so we had certain talking points that we have to hit, mm-hmm. right? So as long as we hit those talking points, I don't think we got, we didn't have any, we had leeway. I didn't have anybody really approach me and say, Rob, you really got to stick to the script. And sometimes it depends on the manager. Maybe I toned it down with certain managers around, but the only time I got written up was for taking my hands off the wheel, mm-hmm. you know, and that was about it. And so I never got written up for going off script or whatever. I stuck to the trip, you know, lower your head, watch your step, you know, all hands and legs and feet and arms and all appendages inside the tram at all times. Once I hit those, we're good to go. And so I had a lot of fun with it. Some people had a little bit of fun. I think I had the most fun while I was there at least. Now, um, how did that transition you? I mean, how did you transition over to, you know, theme park operations? So what happened was, is once I was done with my college program, you had the option to stay full time or part time. And so I decided to go full, uh, part time, I believe. Mm -hmm. And, I applied, I went to casting and I applied to, for a transfer mm-hmm. and then you can put your top three and I put jungle cruise and I, in all three slots. <laughs> yeah. No, well I did jungle cruise and then I did Kilimanjaro mm-hmm. and you know about that the type, rival and the giant the rival. rivalry between the, um, yeah. yeah. And I looked for jobs that I thought would be fun to spiel on. I forget if I had a third choice, what my third choice was, but I did jungle cruise was first then Kilimanjaro and I think two or three weeks later after I did my submitted for a transfer, I got it. So I was just elated. So I got transferred to the Jungle Cruise. And there we are in Adventureland Liberty Square. Mm-hmm. And so that's where I was trained first, you know. And uh, it was an awesome experience uh, getting trained by the legendary Danger Bob. Mm-hmm. I don't think he's there anymore. And I forget what his real name was, but he called himself Danger Bob. And it was fun to be trained by him because he was a character himself. He created his own character, and I said, that is cool. I never created a character because I always bounced between a variety of characters. So it wasn't just me. It was different characters. And so um, I enjoyed that experience, and it was a really great experience being able to do that finally and take those jokes and starting to develop a couple of my own, steal a lot from other skippers. Mm -hmm. Like we all do, right? Now, now my, my curiosity, once again, because Disneyland doesn't have a program like that, yes. um, you know, there definitely is some hierarchy and tiers as far as the people, you know, with casual regulars and, and full times and, uh, you know, you kind of have to yes. earn your chops. Was there a, a different way that you perceived that you, um, that the college program cast members were treated i mean did you feel yeah. like you were second class oh, yeah. citizens a little bit um, oh, yeah. you know did did you get to a point where you eventually felt like you earned your stripes yeah i i think what you got to do is you got to re- respect to be respected and i think that's true in all matters of life and so you didn't kind of really earn it until you you know you were showing up on time and doing your job and then you were respected as just as a full-time person. But a lot of people, sometimes they don't hold on to you or get to know you as well because they know you're a transient person that you're going to be gone yeah. soon. So a lot of the college programmers bonded together. You know, mm-hmm. They would hang out together and whatnot. Um, my college program experience at, while, I was at, while I was working at studios was not as good as what I had at at, at Magic Kingdom. At, at Magic Kingdom, but I wasn't a college programmer. Mm-hmm. But 
I still tried to bond with those college program students because those skippers who were in the college program hung out all the time. So I tried to latch onto that sure. and be like, even though I'm not a college program, I'm just like you guys. And so I hung out with them a lot. Um, and it was a good group. Um, and I always had a great time. It was always fun to get new college programmers to kind of infuse mm-hmm. the, the energy because that's the greatest thing about college program is they infuse energy into it. Cause you get these full-time skippers who've been there 10, 15 years who are just jaded, who are getting ready to clock out at one o'clock in the afternoon and, you know, and, and they just do their thing and leave. Yeah. And so having those new college programmers, I thought, was added to the energy. Now, 04 or 06, I'm I'm trying to remember my timelines there. Had they started um, cracking down on the Spiels by that point? I know later on they did with with the the Spiel pledges. And I think Alan Alan, uh, Shankle and and Johnny V were two of your contemporaries. Yes. And I I thought that they had had said that that was a time period where they really had started um, uh, looking down their nose a little bit at people who went off script. Yeah, that could have been a thing. I I didn't see it as much as they did. Those guys were really involved. Like Alan, for example, he was in management for a while, mm-hmm. or at least coordination, not management. There's like different roles, but he may have seen it more than I did. Um, I mean, I stuck, kept to the rules. I know once in a while we'd get a manager on our boat and you'd have to be the best, but I never really got reported for anything because – I didn't really go dirty or anything like sure. that, but I did get stick to the strict, fairly script, fairly good. Mm. I, I would say, <laughs> I can see the skipper training has really helped you with your speech. And it that is, <laughs> I know exactly, exactly. So I would say twenty to thirty percent of my spiel was me, and then the rest was script, and and that's. That was kind of how I did it. So I didn't really see much of the the crackdown on those type sure, of things. Sure. Now, had, but, had you uh, now uh, obviously being in Salt Lake City, you're relatively close to um, the Anaheim Disneyland. Had you been there before you went to Orlando? Yes, I, I went there a couple times as a kid, and then I went to Walt Disney World twice as mm-hmm. a kid. So I probably went to Disneyland maybe. Four or five times. Yeah. Was it cult, was it culture shock for you when you finally got back over there? Because it really is a very different, you know, um, feel and scale and, and operations. I mean, was yeah. it? Uh, I mean, was, going back to Disneyland. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So what I I was so ingrained with the Walt Disney World. I going to Disneyland is refreshing for me because I don't know the backstage area. The magic is still there for me. And we, I always do the rankings, like, and I think you've done this with Elliot, like, who has the better mansion, who has the better jungle, who yeah. has the better, those type of things. And Disneyland has a lot of better things than Magic Kingdom does. You know, like, their Pirates is better. I, I don't, I think that because they have more waterfalls. Well, yeah, there's a few things there. It's, it's <laughs> Pirates is... Is um, it makes sense the way they run pirates at, at Orlando, but it should be bigger. It's just yeah. it's, it's too small of a ride. Well, and that's you know it's it's interesting because I'm actually doing um, Paris in June for the first mm-hmm. time. Yeah, uh, and I I'm super excited because of that same point, which is you know I want to see the differences uh, and get a feel for you know why you know to, just to take a look at the different ways that things are executed. So that'd be my my third park. Um, yeah, it will. And when I went, the most time, recent time I went to Disney was maybe two years ago. 
And I went up to the skippers there and I said, hey, I'm a skipper from Orlando, a retired skipper. And they said, oh, we'll get you on immediately. They were very gracious. Mm -hmm. They were very cordial. They were excited. I don't know if we'd have that same attitude in Orlando. Well, you know, actually, I can <laughs> – and here's the funny thing is that's the range of time. I, I went to Orlando in 05. Yes. And it, it, the timing of it was difficult because it was right after the Thunder incident. Yes. Um, I want to say it was 05. I'm, sometimes dates and, and numbers escape me a little bit. But, exactly. Uh, but, yeah, it was like the – it was a couple of days after the, the accident. And, you know, I spent a lot of time answering questions that I had no – answers to. Yeah. Uh, but when I went to jungle, one of the things I thought was really amazing was that, um, as I got chatting with them, they basically said, Oh, you know what? Come back at uh, three or four o'clock, whatever it is. We have a shift change. A lot of guys are getting off in the morning. Why don't you come on and, and you know, you can do some of your Anaheim jokes and you can see what it's like to spiel our river. And I was really thrilled because that's, uh, you know, being able that's to cool. actually have spieled on both coasts is, is an amazing thing for me. Um, yeah, it was, it was great. And, you know, it's very different timing, very different pacing. Uh, the jokes don't always cross over. But, no. yeah, it's, uh, it certainly is, is an amazing opportunity. I, I would love to spend a summer out, out in Orlando, you know, spieling. It would be amazing. Yeah. Um, so now as far as other things, I'm, I'm just going to throw a couple other, like, you know, operational questions that we've yes. bandied about and, you know, and, and things. So we just came out of the holiday season and you were saying, yes. you know, that, that that was not the greatest time to be a uh, no. a college program. I, mean, I imagine you got pulled to do a lot of guest control and things like that. What, yes. what is Magic Kingdom like or MGM during New Year's? I mean, what's uh, – and Christmas, oh, what's yeah, – yeah, is, yeah. is, uh, is it as insane as Disneyland is? Yeah, it's pretty insane. Um I didn't work too many holidays. There were a couple holidays that I worked. Um, I worked on Thanksgiving, you know, and the thing about Thanksgiving in those type of holidays is, especially with the Jungle Cruise, I feel like we're a second-rate, second-class attraction. Hey, you now. Know? Hey, that, that kind of talk, sir. Well, you know what I'm permitted. saying? I, I'll, I'll justify it by saying this is we take pride in what we do, but mm -hmm. I think there are guests who have no idea what we're about. You get the Asian guests who – who don't speak our language, they get on this ride and, and they're just like, I don't get this. This is not funny to me. This is not entertaining or whatever. And so we're not, we're not like, oh, this is a roller coaster. This is this. Mm -hmm. I think people come into our ride sometimes just not knowing what yeah. to expect. Right. And, and I think, so I think that that has changed. I think that the, you know, as from my starting in 2001, mm -hmm. I really saw an awakening in guests uh, that really, you know, uh, really, there was a lot more of them getting it. Yeah. Uh, and obviously, it's going to be even crazier in a couple of years with Star Wars because, you know, it's going to, uh, in some ways, it's going to be a, a curse because you look at how many more people that the park can can accommodate, but also how many more people are trying to get in. I think they're going to have a lot of um, main gate closures during the the Star Wars season that they're just going to have so. to cap it. I really yeah. hope they start capping it more often because that's I think that's one of the big issues right now is they just don't close the gates when oh. they should. Well, we went we went out for Dapper Days in Disneyland two three years ago, and it was on a Sunday, and it was around seventy six thousand. It was the most ridiculous day I've ever been to. Have you ever been out on Dapper Days? Yeah, yeah, 
Oh, I loved it, but it well, was just ridiculous. And, and, honest, and honestly, Bats Day is the, kind of the same way. Uh, red shirt is kind of the same way anymore. Yeah. Uh, but look, it's it's every single day. I mean, the park is just <laughs> so busy right now yeah. that yeah. you know we've we've talked about this. I think we've beaten the dead horse enough on the show. But yes. there is no off season. Um, no. It's kind of gone now. Yeah, yeah, and you know the the quality of experience has, I think, gone downhill because of it. I, I don't think you can do as many things. Uh, I certainly think that the age at which you can bring a child and have them experience yeah. it has gone up. Yeah, uh, I don't think that you could bring a very young child the way that maybe you could ten years ago or fifteen years ago, and have them deal with the crowds and the pacing and the heat and you know the food and everything else that's there. You know, I can just, I so see kids having meltdowns every, everywhere I turn around when I go to the park. And I think a lot of that is the, the busyness of, of the, uh, uh, well, it's also inexperience of people, you know, who maybe don't know how, Disneyland as well and they're taking their kids for the first time. But yeah, I, I think that it makes it so slightly older kids are kind of that, that shelf for when you can take them to the park and have them enjoy it. Yeah. So. <laughs> Sorry, this started on a tangent, and I had a, I had a point of that story was yeah, yeah. Uh, I I wasn't saying we were second class. No, you know, no, no, ride, no, 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 no. I totally understand that. But I we would get guests on that ride because the park was so crowded. And I'm giving this example of Thanksgiving. The park was so crowded. There's like I guess we'll go on the Jungle Cruise because we don't have a fast pass for anything else. Mm-hmm. And so you get people on the ride who are just they don't get it. And so uh, I had a I had a boat of people who were not laughing at a single joke. You know, it could be my execution, it could be the jokes, it could be the attitude I had that day. And so we get to a point. I, I believe it was right around the hippo pool. <laughs> I, I I I stop and I stop my spiel and I look at everybody and I say, "You chose to be here on Thanksgiving Day. I did not." The least you could do for me is laugh at my jokes. And the entire rest of that boat ride was just super awkward because I called everybody out. And at the end of that boat ride, everybody got out of the boat and I was like, good riddance. And this lady comes up to me and she gives me a hug. She's like, I'm sorry you're not with your family on this Thanksgiving day. And But it was just one of those moments I was just like, I don't know if I can hack this mm-hmm. because – after the the dream of the jungle cruise was kind of lost for me after that um and so that's that's my biggest worry you know it's like when when this when it changes from a dream to a job Mm -hmm. i had to transfer and that's when i transferred to well didn't transfer but i picked up uh haunted mansion Mm -hmm. and i loved haunted mansion well diversifying is always a good thing yes and it keeps you fresh um well and now i mean if you can handle yeah well and that's i think that is with any part of the resort wow okay okay i think that's with any part of of the disney experience is that if you do only one thing uh, no matter how much you love it, eventually you're going to get burned out on it. Yes. Um, you know, I, I was that way where I had a break from Jungle and I went and learned Lincoln and I love Lincoln, but then I got burned out on Lincoln. Yeah. Um, you know, and that's uh, – look, if you can handle – the one thing I give incredible respect to the Orlando skippers, if you can handle a Brazilian tour group, you can oh. handle anything. Well, the thing about it, I actually really enjoyed the Brazilian tour groups. I, I enjoyed that infectious You are a crazy energy. man. You are well, a crazy no, man. I enjoyed the energy that they brought. I didn't I didn't really care what they did. And I, I speak Spanish mm-hmm. and so I tried in my bro- like broken Portuguese because there's a lot of similarities. I would try and point out things like there's a mariposa, which is a 
butterfly. And they would just go, and they'd, and they'd start singing songs, and I'd start leading them in songs. Mm-hmm. Like, I had fun with those groups. I mean, there were days where I was like, oh, dear. But I actually enjoyed it. I was like, get on in. Let's have a ball. So I had fun with the Brazilian tour groups. Mm-hmm. I was one of the rare people that actually embraced that. Sure. So I had a lot of fun with them. Um, I want to hit on some, a couple of stories here because I know you kind of like to ask these things. So my celebrity, I got to tell you about my celebrity. This mm-hmm. is a near miss, which is really sad to me. I am getting off my boat going to break and uh, George Lucas walks on to my boat mm-hmm. that I just got off of. And so that's my celebrity story for you. Isn't it exciting? So, Well, I, and you know, that would have been in the middle of the prequels, so you probably would have... Uh... <laughs> You're right. That's true. So, uh, by the way, have you seen Star Wars? Yes. So yes. that was uh, that was incredible. We saw it up at the uh, Universal uh, Amphitheater City Walk. Oh, that's cool. Uh, yeah. By Universal Studios, and they have the only f- real IMAX screen in in uh, LA County. Oh, cool! And it's uh, laser projected, so it's uh, you know super clear, super sharp. Yeah. Giant sound system. There's there's a point where there's a star destroyer that kind of comes to the front of it, and it was an ooh moment because it felt so good of a 3D uh, effect. I really think that you know you've got. I think we've gotten past the point where there's a lot of movies that are made 3D just to make them and make extra money, uh-huh. and then you have movies like Star Wars that really take advantage of the of the 3D process. Yeah, uh, it felt like it was a natural extension. It didn't feel shoehorned at all, but no, no, it was fantastic. I won't, uh, yes, <laughs> definitely. Uh, I think people will echo I, a lot of your sentiments. So. Yeah. And I, I, I won't put any spoilers, but when, uh, Dax Maru gets killed in that, uh, that space battle, that was one of the worst things I've ever seen. I can't believe that they kill such an important character. Um, really terrible. See if anyone actually picks up on that. Um, <laughs> anyway, but no, no, it was a fantastic, uh, fantastic film. So let's get back. Um, so what are some of the things that you, let's say that we have some people who are listening, who are college program, who yes. are going in for their jungle training. Yeah. What's, what are things from your experience? We'll, we'll hit the rest of your stories. I've got a, a list of yes. things I want to check, but what, yes. what are some of the things that you would pass on to college program students who are going in now for their first tour of duty at the jungle? Well, what I would tell them is just to enjoy the training process and try and learn from different skippers as possible. I know you only have one person that you train with, but maybe on your breaks, sit with another skipper, see how they do their spiel. I think it's always fun to kind of pick up what other people are doing. Then you can find your own voice. If you're a creative soul and you think you've don't need it to do that, then do that. But if you're kind of in a rut and you're like, oh, I'm not as funny as this guy, this guy, you know, pick up some tricks of the trade from some other people. Also, I think it's always good to hang out. I don't think if you sequester yourself once you get off work, you know, drink it all in while you can. Hang out in the parks with other skippers. Even reach out to full-time skippers. I think that's another great thing because if you reach out to full-time skippers, you'll endear yourself to them and you'll get on their good side. Hey, we're all going to the Ale House afterwards. It's a place in Orlando. Uh, we'd love to have you come along. And I think you would be really endeared to those full-timers if you do that. I, I, I think that's a great way to do it. Create the camaraderie mm-hmm. that you wish to have. So speaking of full-timers, real quick, just to, to those, yes. uh, is, is, is Babington just as amazing as everyone says? I, I, I've heard Babs is just... Uh a fantastic yeah. uh, CM to work with. 
Yes, he's still there. He, I yep. went to the Jungle Cruise back in November. No, no, October. Mm-hmm. He was the only one still there from when I was there. Yep. It was it was kind of like it was kind of sad because I was like nobody else is there. But it was great to see him. But he's just a really good personality. He's a good guy. I bought one of his boats that he modeled. He does these models. No, I, I know, and it, it breaks my heart that I was not able to get one of them at the time. I wasn't in the the financial situation. Uh, I yeah. wound up getting the the little miniature diorama of the Jungle Cruise that was the 50th anniversary Jungle Cruise sculpture. Uh, that one's gorgeous, and it's, it's the trees are made of metal, and it's just uh, fantastic. But no, no, his boats are. Uh, I would give my, you know, I would give a left leg for one of them. It's they're <laughs> really just, or it's not mine, someone else's. Yes, exactly. but I would donate a left leg of some sort. So no, he's. Uh, we actually just started chatting on Facebook, and he's. I'm really looking forward to at some point getting out to Orlando. They're talking about a, a Walt Disney World skipper reunion at some point next year. So that'd be great to get out there and record some podcasts. Yes. It's it's funny because I don't know. It's because we don't get a lot of. Uh, it's so bizarre. We have. A gigantic number of listeners relative to the size of this podcast. You know, we have something like 10,000 subscribers. Yes. And I never get a lot of, I don't get feedback from the Walt Disney World people. So I'm, yeah, I'm very curious about, you know, we've had five or four or five Walt Disney World skips on the show. I really want more, you know, contact with them because it's a, there's some great history and great legacy there at Jungle in, uh, in Orlando. Well, I didn't, I didn't hear about this podcast until, uh, from Elliot. Now, mm-hmm. Elliot's a big uh, influence in my life. I met him while I was down there. Um, I, I'm doing what I'm doing because of Elliot, DJ Elliot. I'm a DJ myself here in Salt Lake City. I'm a DJ entertainer, and I met him during my college program. Sure. I was uh, I was doing a talent show. You can see the talent show footage online if you look up Rob Ferry uh, Polish Magic Show. And by the way, in case anyone wants to actually listen to Elliot's episodes, it's uh, season four, yes. episode 19 and 20, just to put that in there so people can quick reference him. Yes. And so he he took me under his wing and I became a DJ entertainer. Um, and when I found out he was a skipper also, I mean, we bonded on all these different types of things. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, it was really cool being able to, to do that. Um, and so once I found out from him, that's how I found out about this. Then I heard that Johnny V and, uh, Alan did it. Mm-hmm. And there so was another one, I had one other skipper from your generation who was on. Um, but and, yeah. and but, so the word's not really out there among our circles. And so I'll try and my best to promote it. Yeah. Um, I'll put it on my Facebook and promote it. And here's the other thing that Johnny V and Alan did not talk about is we formed an improv troupe. Hmm. Uh, with me and a bunch of other skippers, there was probably about four or five of us. It was me, Johnny, Alan, Danger Bob, um, who am I forgetting? Scott Machado, who's up in Washington State. I'm forgetting one other person. Mm-hmm. But we were called ourselves the Hippos, mm-hmm. and we did improv performances at our at our parties. Mm-hmm. When we had like a Christmas party, we did an improv. We practiced a couple of times and performed like three or four times and mm-hmm. but we had a small improv group mm. out in Orlando called things, the Hippos. Things keep on spreading with uh, skippers. So uh you know one of the other things that uh and by the way and yes thank you for for passing us on cuz I'll take any any promotion we can get. Um Yes. But uh you know I just I'm kind of going back in my memory one of the other things is uh, wasn't that 0406 period 
wasn't that when Florida really got pounded with some hurricanes? Yes. Uh, what, that, was, what was that like to work in that environment? So I missed one hurricane. I was on vacation during one of the hurricanes. Oh, I hate that, it when you miss a hurricane. Just, I know. I was back in Utah, and it was over the Christmas season, and that was when I heard uh, they, the, the Christmas parade got rained out because of the, the, the residual hurricane rain. Mm-hmm. And because it rained, there was a fight at town, town hall. You know, and all these type of things. I just heard it was chaos. Mm-hmm. But uh, there was three major hurricanes that came through in, I believe it was 04 or was it 05? I forget. And it was crazy coming back to the parks because they rarely close down the parks. And I remember them closing down the parks and us hunkering down. And they couldn't open up the park until that afternoon because there was so much debris as far as like branches and trees and things all down. And they had to clean things up. The river was just super filled with like branches and tree limbs. Um, I, I don't think that I think the Jungle Cruise was maybe closed for at least a day because they had to clear the river. That was one of the more hard hit attractions because of all the the greenery that surrounds that ride. And, uh, I remember just standing there in front of the greeters and just saying we're closed. And I remember those days just hanging out with our friends and with, with the skippers and just saying, sorry, we're closed. Sorry, we're closed. And there was a lot of those days happening because of all those hurricanes that came through. We were constantly closed. Well, in general, Florida's got a much, more difficult weather pattern. Uh, yeah. You know, it's, it definitely gets that three o'clock rain every day. Yeah. Uh, you know, there's, there's that little, yeah, there, there's definitely some different patterns. Anaheim, obviously, which, you know, maybe 15 days a year will have any kind of weather. It's, you know, there is no yeah. climate here. Yeah. And that's the interesting thing about the, the jungle also is where we are. It's, this would happen during the summer months was that two o'clock, three o'clock rain you hear a little bit of lightning, we'd be down for an hour. Mm-hmm. And you actually, I looked forward to that. <laughs> well. Yeah, because I was just like, okay, I get to take a break in the middle of the day. Because it was hot. It was sweltering hot. It was just humid. And Elliot's probably talked about this, but our break room was not a break room. It was a break shanty. <laughs> uh, it was you know, terrible. And anytime the word shanty is thrown into uh, through conversation, that just makes the, you know, we know... It's a word that's not used often enough, in my opinion. Yeah, it, it really brought the jungle home to us. And uh, but one of the other highlights is we would also work parade. Uh, when I don't know if you guys did that too, but that was part of our duties. Well, we, we multitasked heavily. Yeah, and I love doing parade. I would uh, be in my jungle cruise outfit. I made up a whole game called Super Ramp where I would uh, get this tape that we would use to tape off the sidewalk. Um, and I would make a ramp and I would throw the roll of tape off the ramp and bounce it off the ramp. And I would make kids lie down like in like, uh, like the circus, lie down and see if I could clear them with the roll of tape. And that was one of the other highlights I would just do. And it has nothing to do with the jungle, but a lot to do with my personality. (laughs) As as you've heard from listening to this show, that quite a few things have had nothing to do with the jungle. It's uh, we've, we've branched off into uh, plenty of directions of excess and, and silliness. So, yeah. Uh, Yeah, no, it's, uh, you know, look, I, 
I, I, I really, obviously Orlando, just by geography, it's a different animal, but, yes. uh, you know, at the same time, I, when all the skippers I've met from there, there, there's a type and you know, yeah. people who really take it to heart and create, you know, part of their being as, as jungle crews, uh, there's definitely a particular type of person and, and it's very common between the two, uh, coasts. Yes. Yeah. So do you feel like now we talked about this, you've gone into, uh, to DJing, do you feel like working on the jungle cruise, um, has served you? Has it something that you've taken those life lessons and the skills oh, yeah. that you uh, have picked up uh, and taken them into your, to your life as you've gone on? Yeah. Um, what I really took from that, from that jungle cruise experience was being on your game all the time. You know, there were times where I let my guard down and it showed and my, sh- my spiel was bad or, or people just didn't appreciate what I did. And I think you are giving those people an experience that they've been waiting for. And you don't know how you can impact a person. I don't think that college program kid who's, who spieled that first time I went on that jungle cruise during my college program had no idea how it affected my life. Mm-hmm. You know, I was like, this is amazing. This is so funny. And so I think I need to take, I took some of those lessons from the jungle cruise and put it into my life. What I also enjoyed about it was taking a script and making it your own. I think that's always a thing too, is what we need to do is sometimes we're given scripts. Sometimes we're given certain things that we have to do, but make it your own a simple inflection, a simple way you deliver something will make it unique and to your own. Creating an accent, creating a character can always bring a different angle to what you are doing. And that's kind of what I learned from the Jungle Cruise. And I take it as a point of pride because when I say I was a Jungle Cruise skipper, everybody just thinks that's the coolest thing. Mm-hmm. I still have my outfit. <laughs> I wear it during Halloween along with my Honda Mansion outfit. I still have one of those too. And Disney Legal does listen to this podcast. Shh, so well, well, guess what? I'm no longer employed by them. I, I used to work for Radio Disney too. When uh-huh. I came back from Orlando, I worked for Radio Disney for a couple of years, DJing for them and hosting events. And then my wife surprised me this year with a shadow box. Uh-huh. Now, um, I posted that on your, on your page. I don't know how she said it was a limited edition. And so it was amazing just to get the shadow box. She Mm -hmm. found it on eBay and she bought it for just a little over the original price, the original price. Yeah, no, it's, it's gorgeous. I saw those when they were for sale the first time and they've, they've done some good merchandise, uh, and then they've also done things like this Adventures Club stuff. They just put out this this last few months, and it's it's terrible. Uh, <laughs> I, it's it, you know, look, I Disney takes a lot of time and preparation, and then every once in a while they don't. Uh, right. <laughs> it just goes like, really, this is what you're selling, and yet they still have no Jungle Cruise uh, phone covers. And we're still waiting for that movie to come out. And well, so- the movie is is. Uh, is happening. There's been some discussions. I mean, it's probably at least two years down the road. Um, but you know, from people I've talked to, uh, Dwayne Johnson seems to talk about it a lot. So, well, and I remember back in Oh five or Oh six, we were talking about, there was a rumor Tom about Hanks it. And, yeah. Yeah. They, that or was like there. George Clooney or something like that, you know? And I don't know. We, we always had our 
ideas and our pitches, we would talk about it with each other. And so we had some fun with that. Well, I mean, obviously things can go in, in and out of development, but, uh, from, from my sources, uh, you know, they're, they're starting work on the script and hopefully they work with the universe that we already have created. And, uh, and Dwayne is definitely, uh, on board with it. So it'll be interesting to see what he brings. He he can do comedy. I mean, he's, he's a smart guy. He can do a lot of things. So, right. Well, and, you know, and the other thing that I kind of wanted to bring to this discussion was, is I, I had an amazing experience, but at times the jungle wasn't what it was all cracked up to be. And it was also Disney in general. And so I think for those of you who want to work for Disney and are a lifer, you know, it takes a little bit of magic out of the whole theme park experience and I think you have to go in knowing that. Well, but I think that's anything. You know, look, it's, it's right. the Mark Twain quote that I have uh, abused so many times over the last five years. But uh-huh. when you when you learn something enough to know every aspect of it, its dangers, its joys, um, you know, the whole top to bottom, like Twain knew the river as a riverboat captain. Yes. Uh, you know, it does. Uh, it makes it hard to see the beauty when all you can look at is – is the dangers and the things you have to do as a job. And you're you're right. The people who have stayed long periods of time, uh, there is something in them that's able to keep that magic going. And then there's people who uh, the magic's gone and they treat it like if they were working at Best Buy. Yeah. Well, I, I, I really envy Disneyland's, uh, was it Jingle Cruises? Is that what you guys are calling it? they're, They're in Orlando now. This, they did Jingle in Orlando this year. Well, I wish we had that back then because um, I had one of my friends who's local here to Utah went there down there for Disneyland, Disneyland, and he said it was amazing. Yep. And so stuff like that just re-energizes a ride and gives some some fun back to it. Um, and one of the fun things also is going to behind the scenes mm-hmm. when <laughs> when when uh, when the lights go down and it's at night and you go behind the scenes and check out all that stuff yeah, that's and, always and the fun part look one of my favorite memories is being in the park at 2 a.m with yes. main street uh you know lit up with the night crew and just being there with with no guests and seeing yes. this and it was uh you know, it was definitely a magical moment on my side. Well, Robert, I also know, uh, just to wrap this up, I also yes. know, because uh, I like to give people who come on the show a chance to promote their businesses and or oh. their projects. So let's uh, let people know in the Salt Lake area what you're, you're DJing, uh, how to reach you, and also tell me a little bit about your podcast. Yeah, so a couple of different things about me. After I left Orlando, I came back to Utah and I started my own DJ business called Life of the Party Entertainment. Um, a lot of the stuff I do today is because of DJ Elliot. Uh, he taught me a whole lot of interactive skills and uh, styles. And so we do a lot of things from weddings, bar mitzvahs, corporate events, school events. And um, I'm also now getting into speaking. I am creating different platforms. So I want to become a corporate speaker and master of ceremonies. And so I'll come to your conference, convention, and speak about a variety of different things. And I'm planning on using my experiences at Disney and the Jungle Cruise, part of my platform. Um, and one of uh, my new speaking platforms is called Be the First One on the Dance Floor. And I'm going to talk about taking what you – making something your own and being innovative and being the first one to do it. And so that's part of what I do. Um, the podcast I do is more Mormon-centric for all those people who are – 
of the Mormon LDS faith, they might find it interesting. It's called the Cultural Holiday. It's all things pop culture relating to Mormons. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's a really interesting podcast. We talk about stuff that's kind of going on within our religion and faith. And not a lot of people think Mormons have pop culture. Oh, no. yeah. uh, one of one of my <laughs> favorite cast members uh, who I adore with all my heart, uh, Skipper Tiffany, who uh, uh, adore. Uh, she's of the faith, and she's she's fantastic. I mean, look, it's uh, the way that I look at it with anything, and especially with some of the uh, the language that's being used right now in this country. Look, I I can find a lot more reasons to dislike someone than the color of their skin or their beliefs. Yeah, if, if someone's a great guy, they're a great guy. If someone's an a hole, they're an a hole. And and the yeah. other stuff is. Uh, incidental and and judging people on that is just stupid. So, yeah. Well, I just I, I put that out there because we have some very fascinating interviews and uh, people yeah, you maybe didn't know who were Mormon or Mormon. Uh, hey, what's what's the what's the way for people to find it? Are you on Stitcher, iTunes, all that good stuff? Yes, we are. Yeah, okay. it's called the Cultural Hall Podcast. I'm a contributor. It's not my main. I'm sure. not the main person on it, but I do contribute. Mm-hmm. Uh, to the, one of the weekly formats, which we call Articles of News. And mm-hmm. so we talk about those type of things. Great. And so uh, I love being out back home in Utah, running my own business. Uh, and I I really use my time at Disney as a source of pride, uh, a badge of honor. And uh, my, my house decorated with all sorts of things. You know, I got my Jungle Cruise boat. I got my Haunted Mansion poster, my Jungle Cruise poster, my shadow box. Um, I wear those outfits for, for Halloween. Um, and so a lot of people love to talk to me about my experience with Disney and I like to talk about it with them too. Well, it's obvious that, uh, you've continued to carry the torch. I'd like to say thank you, uh, Skipper Robert Foray for joining us on the podcast. And as I like to, uh, let everyone know at the end of the uh, the shows, if you know a skipper or are a skipper that would like to join us in the show, please email us at junglecruise, C-R-E-W-S, at gmail.com. You can also find us on Facebook, facebook.com slash junglecruise. Uh, all of our other exciting products and uh, and things are there as well. Uh, Robert, thank you so much, and kung yes. to you. Namaste.